If you're going to self-manage your rental properties, you know I'm a big fan of finding that proper tool to get the job done. Well, we want to tell you about RentReady. RentReady is a really awesome property management software that allows you to manage your business from your computer or phone. Collect rent online and get paid. Find that perfect tenant with their screening and listing services and get your leases signed with the click of a button. And tenants really love using RentReady's app too. They can pay rent using card, ACH, or cash, set up auto pay, get renter's insurance if you require it, and even build their credit score through RentReady's new credit reporting feature. Did we also mention that RentReady is unlimited and all of this is flat priced? No tricks or hidden fees. RentReady is designed for people to manage their own properties so you don't have to worry about paying more for building your business. You can start managing and scaling your rental properties without scaling costs. And RentReady has given us an amazing deal to pass on to the REI Mastermind Network. You can get RentReady's annual plan for only $54 at RentReady.com when you use our special code MASTERMIND. That's RentReady.com, R-E-N-T-R-E-D-I.com with code MASTERMIND, M-A-S-T-E-R. M-I-N-D at RentReady.com to get RentReady's annual plan for only $54. We're rolling. Welcome to the House Dudes Podcast, where we invite you to follow us on our journey towards financial freedom using the power of real estate. I'm Jack Haas. And I'm Josh Koth. Here at House Dudes, we believe in a couple key principles. Number one, the best way to retain information is by teaching it to others. And number two, a rising tide lifts all boats. We're not competitors, we're a community. So let's get into some real estate investing. You you mentioned earlier that uh, you know you have to be okay with people doing it 80% of your level. That 20% seems to be a, a big chasm is pretty significant um, where uh, that's another mindset thing. You know, it, we're, we, we talk about it all the time that uh, people just don't care as much as you do. Would you yeah. say that, that, uh, that's part of that culture you were talking about before? It is huge. I, I, I devoted an entire, uh, section of my book. People, nobody will care about your business like you do. I, and they can care about it quite a bit. I have, I have, uh, some folks in my company that would, I, I always say, I think they would run through a brick wall to, to, to do anything for the company, but they just don't care as much as you do. And so great example of this, I hired someone in my company, the first person I hired actually, um, which is too bad for her because I wasn't great at hiring and managing yet, but she was great and I brought her in and I essentially downloaded everything I was doing to her so that I could work on growth and talking to investors and kind of doing some things that was not getting done as well. And she took over all my day-to-day activities, right? And things were starting to fall through the cracks and I was getting frustrated and I don't want to use her name, but I, I said, listen, what's happening? Like, why didn't you do this? Why didn't you do this? Why didn't you do that? And she said, I literally fall asleep on my keyboard of my computer every night. I work from the time I wake up until the time I go to bed and I'm, I'm trying, but I'm literally falling asleep on my computer. And I realized I'm incentivized differently than she is, right? She's mm-hmm. getting paid a wage. I'm building a company and I know where I'm trying to go and I'm the owner. So you're always going to have more capacity or at least more desire like to work on a Sunday or to work at eight o'clock at night. You can't expect that from people, even if they love your company and they're good people and they're hard workers, like 
an entrepreneur will do things that they can't necessarily expect their workers to do because they are just incentivized differently. It's not their company. They don't have this vision of like, it's going to be, I'm going to be a $10 million company. And you know, they just, they're not sharing in that the way you are. So you can't expect that from them. And I burned her out. I burned her out and she ended up leaving and it's too bad. I still regret it because she was my first hire and she was fantastic. She was great at what she did, but I burned her out before I realized what was exactly happening and she moved on and she's happy and she's great. I still know what she's up to and we communicate a little bit, but um, I just expected her to do exactly what I did. And that's, that was unfair and unrealistic. So yeah, people just, and don't think it means they don't care. They do care. I, you know, there's some folks in my company that I, they're so dedicated. It's like really humbling how much they care, but they still don't care like I do. And, mm-hmm. and I can't expect them to, you, you really shouldn't. Right. So, you know, um, one of the things that we were going to talk about a little bit is um, regarding, you know, we're going to change the subject just a little bit. And I wanted to talk about uh, social media and we probably can tie that into how you're finding some of these people. Um, But how do you think, you know, uh, you mentioned being on and and talking with Gary V a while back and, and you had a topic regarding the, you know, Agent 2021 conference. Yep. Um, the future of social media and real estate um, with we're, we're, you know, COVID-19 is becoming a big, has, has taken over all of our lives. Yeah. Social media, the zoom thing, every, every you know, you, we could, we could probably spend a whole episode on that, but totally. how do you see, how do you see the social media changing the landscape here? It's changing the landscape the same way that all, online stuff is and it's different social media is different it's its own animal but what i'm what we're seeing is and what we're going to continue to see 20 years ago before social media you know when it came to like finding deals and things it was like mls direct mail stuff like that right very Mm -hmm. traditional means and that stuff still works but as this is, sounds a little morbid, but as the baby boomers kind of move on and, and some folks sort of start aging a little bit more, people who have had the internet and, and computers in their life longer are more comfortable with getting online to find solutions to problems. They're not waiting for the mail to come to find out who they should bank with and who they should, you know, order pizza from and, and all this stuff. And it's same with, with, um, with, with houses. And so what we're finding is, uh, I think personally, I think the real estate industry suffers a little bit from being slightly behind the times. There are industries that have uh, embraced social media and the internet a little more than real estate investors have mm-hmm. traditionally. But I think we're starting to catch up now and we're understanding that we need to be with people, where people are. And more and more, even the like I tend to, our demographic and our company, people that we buy houses from, and we buy houses mostly direct from the homeowners, direct to sellers. Mm-hmm. Most, if I just looked at the data and showed you the data, like the data is, it is what it is. It's just facts. Most of the people that we buy houses from are older. They're not younger. And, but older folks, and I, and I say older, I, you know, it's relative, right? So I'm saying the people that we buy houses from are typically over the age of, of 50 and a lot of times over the age of 60, but they're certainly over the age of 50. They are over the last decade, more and more and more on Facebook, for example, right? Um, your people's grandmothers are now on Facebook because they want to see their grandkids and their kids and mm-hmm. things like that. So 
more and more social media, and I'll use Facebook as, because I don't think you're necessarily older generations are on TikTok yet. It's like that's, they haven't caught up to that. It's more of a kid's thing right now. I think it will be, but it isn't. But Facebook is so mainstream. As a matter of fact, young people have sort of gotten off of Facebook a lot of times because their parents and their grandparents are on it. It's kind of a bummer when you're trying to do something cool and your parents and grandparents are there. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's where people are. So doing Facebook advertising specifically, uh, to find homeowners or sellers who are in distress or need to sell their house has become way, way, way more utilized. And people are finding deals on Facebook. Matter of fact, a lot cheaper than they're finding them through direct mail because direct mail can get very expensive. It's, you know, there's a lot of, you know, at one point we don't send quite this much now, but at one point uh, last year, we were up to 65,000 mail pieces a month, mm-hmm. right? Just to get 12 deals or 15 deals, like do the math. There's a lot of stuff that didn't get answered. A lot of people who didn't call us when they got something in the mail. Um, But Facebook is still inexpensive enough that the ROI is really off the charts. You know, you getting a deal on Facebook is so much more effective. And so because of that, and you know, five years ago, for those of you who maybe haven't been around in real estate so long, five years ago, a good response rate for direct mail was two or 3%, like it was possible. And then it got down to like one and a half percent. And it's like, okay, not bad. Most people now that I talk to, and I'm, I'm surrounded by hundreds of real estate investors from all over the country in our mastermind are getting anywhere from 0.3 to maybe 0.8 or even maybe touching 1%. 1% an amazingly good, but like half a percent, it's pretty common now for a response mm. for, for direct mail. So, the cost, uh, the effectiveness of it has just dramatically taken a hit. So we're looking for other things that we can do. And Facebook is one pay-per-click. Google AdWords for sure still still works in my business right now. That's probably the most effective thing I'm doing is pay-per-click. Now we're in the middle of the coronavirus, the pandemic. So there's a lot more people sitting at home surfing the net and it's probably helping those numbers a little bit. But the reality is that generation is aging and more and more people are going to Google Facebook, uh, Instagram, I think is something else that's certainly when you're looking for like investors and things like that, doing Instagram posts and showing what you're doing um, is huge. But yeah, I think social media, it's it's not going to become less effective. It will only become more effective as that generation starts aging. And then the reason why I buy houses more from uh, people who are a little bit older is because younger people just haven't hit the life events and, and gotten into a position where they really need to sell or they have a distressed property. So it's usually the old generation. And as that generation ages, they're more and more used to going on social media to find things. And that's where they're going to look for things. Sure. Have you run into, like, I've, I've run into it a couple of times. This is what spurs the question is, um, uh, and maybe it's the way I'm wording the ad or something in Facebook where, uh, you know, it gets flagged. Um, is there... Uh, because it is seen as predatory or or what have you. Is there yeah. certain strategies that you've found that work better than others? Regarding yeah, that? I do. I really believe, and this kind of goes back to the Gary Vee thing a little bit. I, I'm a big fan of telling stories and, and, and not asking for something and not asking like, hey, I'll, you know, the thing is when we send out direct mail, especially postcards, and I, I say me, I don't mean me. I mean our industry and I've done it too. It's a lot of like, hey, I'll buy your house for cash, no repairs, sell quickly at your own, blah, 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 all this stuff, no inspections. Mm-hmm. When you can't, you can, but you, it's less effective and you're right. Things are getting flagged on Facebook when you're using that sort of aggressive approach 
but I think having a storytelling approach is much more effective showing someone having sold their house, kind of moving on, telling a story about someone who was released of the burden of this house with a lot of deferred maintenance and how they were able to take the money they made from that and move on to a better, uh, a better point in their life and kind of move on to the next phase. Like telling those stories and evoking emotion is everything in, in social media, like everything. If you're just like, I want to buy your house, sell to me. I buy houses every day, blah, 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 blah. I'll do it. Like that's a turnoff. Like people want to have an emotion evoked in them. And if you can tell them a story that is similar to their story, you're going to have a lot more, uh, it's going to have a lot more of an impact and it's going to be a lot more successful than just coming at them with what you want from them. It's mm -hmm. really, you have to, you have to talk to the person and you have to tell stories are everything in, in, in marketing, in my opinion. Do you keep it to a certain length then? Like uh, regarding that? I mean, it sounds like it's a, it's a video yeah, it, it's it's usually a multi-step approach, right? So in Facebook, you can you can look at people who are watching the video for a certain length of time. You can re redirect your marketing to them for the next video. So it's usually a series of like very short um, videos of folks, you know, moving on or having that that epiphany that they need to sell, and this is why they're selling. It's the house is too big for us. Our kids have moved on, and and it's they're short ish, you know, under five minutes for sure, but it's not even about them necessarily watching all five minutes. You want them to watch to a certain point. Maybe they're watching half of it or most three quarters of it. And if they do that, you go, okay, good. So short attention spans, we know that, but they watched most of it or even all of it. So now we're going to, we're going to put this video in front of them. And it's, you're, you're telling them a story through a series of videos. Not, you're not trying to do it all in one video. It's not a, a half an hour, you know, mm -hmm. documentary about this couple. It's like, it's short little bits like, Hey, we need to sell our house. Like, we're never going to sell this through a realtor. We need a new roof, like whatever the case, right? We don't have the money. And then the next video is about how they are looking and realtors are turning them down or whatever. And then you kind of walk them through this in a series of videos. And not everyone gets through them all. Some people start it, they go, eh, you know, they're not interested. But the folks who are watching and, and watching good chunks of this, you're, you sort of step them through that process. And I, I it's, it's a longer approach. It's, you know, everybody wants this instant gratification, like, I want to buy your house, call me now, you know, and they want the phone ring and you buy their house. Right. The reality is a lot of sales, even in-person sales, but certainly online, it, it's a multi-step process. No, I, I like your approach, especially because, you know, um, rapport is such a big aspect of what we do. And uh, you're kind of planting that those seeds up front. I mean, uh, uh, that's, that's something that's always been a little bit of a, a rub for me regarding the, the current marketing efforts that everybody does. It's very, like you said, very aggressive. We, we see cash for houses and bandit signs and everything all the time. But when everybody's doing that, we're, the population's getting desensitized to that as well. And it doesn't come off as genuine. I mean, it's... it's yeah, it's very, you know, again, I, you brought up Gary Vee, but this is kind of where I got this concept. It's very, they think very transactionally. And everything to them is like, it's a transaction, Right. It's not. It's it's rapport. You're building a relationship with these folks. You're not asking them to buy a three dollar widget. If you're at, if you're selling a three dollar widget, you probably can do that in one step. You mm -hmm. can't really afford to have multi step approach. It's ridiculous. You're buying a, you're selling a three dollar widget, but you're asking to do a tens or even hundreds of thousands of dollar transaction with someone and to trust you. How do you do that by screaming in bold yellow background, black bold letters, we buy houses, you know, for cash fast. Like it'll work for some people. It does, it, it, it works 
uh, on some level or no one would do it. But mm-hmm. it's not it's not the long game for sure. It's very transactional. And as you, I'm sure you know, in real estate, a lot of the success or a good chunk of it is referrals, right? So we want people to like go, hey, I just saw this great thing on Facebook. I've been following this video series. Like, it's not for me necessarily, but I know my friend really is trying to sell their house and these guys look great, you know, but mm-hmm. then the company that's screaming at them, like who's going to refer that? Who wants to refer that? So you'll get the, maybe there's someone who's desperate that moment. You'll catch them at the right time and they'll call you and maybe it works out, but you're not going to get the referrals that you would get if you took a little bit more of a relationship based approach. Yeah. You know, and it's the relation-based approach where we've found our biggest opportunities and biggest deals. I mean, in some of those cases, you, you're, you're building a rapport and it, and, it's, it, and it takes, people think it's, it's quick transactions, but you know, it isn't uncommon for me to go into a house and I've, I'm spending a couple hours, if not longer, because yeah. they're actually, you're asking a few questions and you're, uh, they're admitting things verbally for the first time. You're almost a, I mean, yeah, yeah they, they haven't admitted it to themselves. I yeah. mean, it, it, it becomes a pretty emotional uh, situation. Well, I, yeah, the biggest mistake I think people make new investors when they're in a home and they're trying to get under contract is to walk in the house and immediately and exclusively be thinking about the contract and how are they going to buy it and how much are they going to offer and what's that negotiation going to look like. I tell people all the time, if you're in the house for an hour, and you even bring up the price that you, maybe they will, but if you bring up the price or start any, any level of negotiation before the last 10 or 15 minutes, like you've screwed up. You should be sitting and listening. And by the way, man, I'm big on this and I'm going to pound this, boom, virtually pound this into the head of the people listening. Don't, the, the key here is don't listen and pretend to empathize. Like listen and really try to help them solve their problems. Like if you really truly come from a position of trying to solve problems, a lot of times you'll find the price of the house, especially at the point that you're at, right? They, they got your mail or they saw you on Facebook or whatever, and you're in their house, right? You've gotten that far. If you think that the price that you buy it for is the number one and only concern that they have and the only thing you can help them with, you're crazy. There's something else happening in their life that they need you to resolve or help them get through. The sale of the house will help facilitate that, but it's not necessarily, they're not always looking for top dollar. They're not, right? Mm -hmm. So people ask me all the time, how do you buy houses for 50 cents on the dollar or 40 cents on the dollar? Like who would do that? I go, well, there's a million reasons why, but that's what you have to find out. That's your job when you go in there is like figure out what their pain points are, figure out how you can alleviate or solve those pain points. And then, oh, by the way, buy their house, right? And, and if you can solve those problems for most people who we buy from, the, 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 the purchase price is secondary to all the other problems that I'm solving by buying their house. You know, I, I, I don't want to end this conversation, but I, I do want to, um, we're probably, I probably consumed up uh, so much of your time as it is. Um, if you could give uh, like just a couple, like you, you already said, if you could drill one, one uh, thing home to new investors, could you give a couple more tips? Um, like if, if you could give like the first time investor, some, some serious advice, yeah. he's sitting down across from you over coffee. Uh, what, what are you telling them? Like when they're trying to get out of analysis paralysis. Yep. 
I totally can because I've I've sat across from people and had this conversation many times. So the number one thing I would tell them, and listen, everybody wants, we talked about this, everybody wants the silver bullet, everybody wants the software or the, the postcard that just crushes, and that's fine. But here, here's the thing, and I'll, I'll be a little bit vulnerable here for a second. I first got the bug, a real estate bug, and decided I really want to be a real estate investor. I decided that in 2003. Mm-hmm. I bought my first house in 2008. Okay. I know what it means to be frozen by paralysis analysis, um, fears, anxieties, what ifs, I need to learn more, I don't know enough. And it froze me, right? I wish I had those years back to start earlier. Now, a lot of people got crushed in 2008. So probably a little silver lining that I started then. But the reality is, I tell people, number one, just start, right? It's self-serving. I named my podcast that. I get it, but that's why I did it. That's how important I think it is. People need to get out there and just start. We talked about it earlier. You do that first deal, it'll answer 95% of the questions that you're struggling with, right? So get out there and get started. Make make offers. Start, start the process, right? That's number one. Number two, absolutely look for mentorship or from help. I, I, you don't have to necessarily pay for it, certainly right off the bat. Find someone who's farther along than you are. They don't have to be doing 100 houses a year. You're doing zero. Find someone who did five houses last year and talk to them. Take them out to coffee. Try to be of service to them. And that's the other thing. When you're looking for a mentor, especially early on, when you have no experience in the industry, try to figure out what you bring to someone and invite that person out for coffee and start offering ways that you could be of service to them in exchange for them take, giving you their time to, to talk about the, the industry with you and help you with your journey, figure out a way that you can help them. I get this all the time. I'm sure that you do. People reaching out out of the blue. I don't know them from Adam and they immediately are asking me for a lot of stuff. Like, they wanna, mm-hmm. you know, can you give me this, send me this? Can you evaluate this deal? Blah, blah, blah. Do you have money you can loan? Like, they're just, they come at me asking. And honestly, I've gotten to the point where I barely respond now when I get those because it's just so aggressive and so ugly. But I also have people who reach out and say, I'd like to take you out for coffee. I, here's what I do. I'm really great at this. Maybe I could help you by offering my services here or whatever the case may be. Even if they're trying to be of help or, or offer something, I will give them my time much more readily than I will someone who just kind of grossly comes at me with a bunch of, I, this is what I need from you kind of a thing. So be of service. Find a mentor or a mastermind or somebody that you can, people you can surround yourself with because it will be hard in the beginning. So if you can surround yourself with people who are having some level of success and kind of moving forward, it'll encourage you. It'll give you that proof that we talked about. So just start, find a mentor and then really get out of your own way. Like especially once you start getting a little bit of, of success, a little bit of traction, try to find out where you are not great and, and get some help in that area. And I'm not saying day one or day two, but realize if you want this to not become a job, you have to build a team. And, and I'm not saying pay people, but build a team could be find a great realtor that you can work with, mm-hmm. find a great contractor that you can work, like really be conscious of building a team of people that are helping you move forward and be successful. You can't do it all yourself forever. You should not be painting houses. You should not be tiling your own floors, in my opinion. That's not, unless you're just great at that, but even, even then you're going to, you're going to have a scale problem, right? So just be aware you can't do everything day to day. You need to build that team earlier than, than later. So, well, Mike, uh, you obviously have a lot of stuff to share. So um, where can they get your book? Where can they reach you? Where can they extend this conversation with you directly if they can, if they could? 
Okay, awesome. Thank you for that. Um, so the book is available June 1st, 2020. So whenever you're listening to this, if it's past June 1st, you can find it on Amazon. Just uh, search for Level Jumping uh, by Mike Simmons. And it's how I uh, took my company to over a million dollars in gross profits in less than 12 months. So you can find that on Amazon after June 1st. And then if you want to get a hold of me, you can find me at Mike at JustStartRealEstate.com. Uh, and then JustStartRealEstate.com, or I'm sorry, Just Start Real Estate is my podcast. So you can find me on Apple, iTunes, Stitcher, anywhere that you listen to podcasts, uh, you can find me at Just Start Real Estate. Yep. And I will make sure to include all of those links in the show notes. Um, I can't thank you enough. And, and I appreciate you giving me some extended time here. I told <laughs> no you it problem. was going to be 20, 30 minutes and, and we're closing in probably closer to an hour. Um, uh, I love it. I love it. I, I really appreciate it. And I hope we can chat again sometime. Sure thing, man. Love it. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. We've put a lot of effort into providing useful content, and if you've found value in the show and have any interest in supporting us with a small donation, head over to patreon.com slash housedudes. And if you have any thoughts or questions, shoot us an email at info at housedudes.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at housedudes. And if you like what you're hearing, head over to iTunes, subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. It really helps other investors out there find the show. And remember... Massive positive impact requires massive positive action. We'll see you next time. This episode is brought to you by housedudes.com. Do you have time to actively manage flipping and rentals yourself? If so, go for it. If you live in a market that won't cash flow or don't have the time to do all the work, are you just out of luck? If there was a way to participate more passively, would that appeal to you? I'm sure you have questions about how the process works and what to do next. If that's the case, fill out the form on housedudes.com slash investors, and we'll reach out to see if you are a good fit for our business. This is first come, first serve, and we will have to stop taking applications when our goals are met. See you at housedudes.com slash investors. a man what to do with his money but if you ain't investing in property then you're dumber than a dummy i'm not dumb i'm smart well buy property that's my advice